0: trust yourself. You know more than you think you do. Dr. Benjamin Spock, author and pediatrician. This episode is for all my folks who get stuck in feelings of self-doubt and feelings as if you don't belong in your field or that none of your work is worth it, despite all that you've accomplished already. There's a name for this, and we'll talk about it today. Thank you for joining, and I hope you stick around. To your mind, your narrative. What's good, podcast listeners? My name is Jason Jamira. I'm a registered nurse hailing from the East Bay Area of California with a soul for ethnic studies and community advocacy, channeling my career and passion in mental health as an avenue to make change and promote wellness. Currently in Philly, trained to be a psychiatric mental health NP. While this podcast is not a substitute for professional therapy, the focus of this series is to shine light on and provide my folks back home with helpful therapeutic techniques and understandings of shared day-to-day mental health experiences as they intersect with different backgrounds, from professions to cultural narratives and other identities. So let's get started. Do you ever feel like you have to endlessly work a thousand times harder on some whole mamba mentality level just to feel sufficient in your field? Do you ever feel like you don't belong in your position, that your work isn't good enough and you should just stop before someone calls you out? Then you might be battling something called imposter syndrome, and you're not alone. A friend of mine who started his own incredible local culinary business in Oakland asked me how to overcome this. And honestly, it took me a while because I felt like I was impostering just for answering and speaking on it. But if you're struggling with this, just know that you're already taking the right steps simply by identifying it. Imposterism, imposter syndrome, imposter phenomenon, whatever you want to call it's a psychological phenomenon. Strike that. I'm going to say it's a psychological feeling. Let's make it more human. It's a psychological feeling of unworthiness to be in your position despite your proven skill, experience, and accomplishments. Often believing your success is owed to pure luck or external factors, somebody will call you out one day and say it was all a mistake, that you're a fraud, that this was incorrectly handed to you, and that you don't deserve to be here. Key characteristics include negative thinking, self-doubt, and self-sabotage. You might see some anxiety, a fear of failure, inability to concentrate, poor sleep, and or a relentless need for perfectionism. Tell me, how many of us constantly rewrite, re-record, redraw, re redo our artwork, our music, our clothing lines, our papers, our projects, our brands until we reach this untouchable measurement of perfection? and sometimes don't even put anything out altogether. It can either force us to overwork ourselves without ever feeling enough, or it can cause us to shut down with this unshakable belief that our work just isn't worth it. If this relates to you, it's important to note that imposterism is very common, especially amongst marginalized populations. Now, what do I mean about marginalized populations? Well, psychologist Pamela Hayes outlines the dominant group versus the non-dominant group. And your dominant group doesn't have to include all of this, but uh, they're usually your straight, white, Christian, able-bodied males born in upper-middle-class American neighborhoods. Meanwhile, your non-dominant group, and again, it doesn't have to include all of this. They can be females, LGBTQ individuals, indigenous or immigrant black or brown people of color who may have different religious backgrounds or disability living in lower-class neighborhoods. And so when you come from these marginalized, non-dominant communities, you deal with criticisms, obstacles, and mentalities that dominant groups don't have to deal with. See, when you deal with systemic oppression, you're told either directly or indirectly your whole life that you're less than, and that you're undeserving. But once you start finally achieving success in a way that goes against that whole long-standing ingrained narrative, then unfortunately, imposter syndrome can occur. When I wrote about this on Instagram, because sometimes I treat Instagram like a blog, and I'll I'll write one of these uh, topics up before I say it on here, I received so much feedback from my immediate community which is only 1,400 followers, but still there there was just so much to take in and see what my own friends and family go through. I had a black trans friend sharing that they feel like they have to work harder to prove that they even deserve to exist in our society. Uh, I know brown nurses, especially Filipino peers, who feel the need to go above and beyond burning themselves out on their stressful units. And sometimes I wonder if this is why so many of us work in med surg and ERs and ICUs where a lot of us are honestly dying as we see from the stats in this pandemic. We usually say it's for the thrill or for the sense of duty. But sometimes I wonder, does this notion stem from an underlying belief that if we aren't sacrificing ourselves, then we're not working hard enough? If we're not suffering as much as our immigrant families did, we're lacking. Meanwhile, I have a Hispanic dental friend who was indoctrinated by her own former friend to believe that she only got in her position because her family was a little bit more well-off and stable. And so here we are too, creating imposter syndrome by attacking our own. For what? For trying to make it? For trying to put our families in places where they may have a better step forward, collectively, we should be propelling each other, pushing each other to grow, not tearing each other down. Look, whether you're white, black, or brown coming out of Antioch or coming out of the Bay in general, you represent a part of who I am. And I'd want to see that representation in more places from business to tech to restaurants to healthcare, to entertainment, to fashion industry, to journalism, whatever the industry is, even activism. Yo, imposter syndrome still exists in the whole activist sphere, and it big exists in the education sphere. We are worth more than just this director of diversity position that they always give us in academics or in business firms. We are capable of so many more positions, so many more roles. And I hear you. It is tiring. It is tiring to feel like you don't belong in this field. It is tiring to feel like you have to work a thousand times harder just to prove your worth. But please keep going. I want to help us unwind this mentality. I want to see us comfortable taking up these spaces. Emily Hu, a psychologist in LA, says, we're more likely to experience imposter syndrome if we don't see many examples of people who look like us or share our background, who are clearly succeeding in our field. For example, as an Asian American, I can attest That when we grow up, we do not see people who look like us on a big screen. Unless they do martial arts or fit into the American fetishization of our women. Often with some like purple or blue streak in their hair. We grow up seeing and believing that we do not fit into American media. And there's going to be two sides of imposter syndrome here. There may be... My friends who do martial arts or who do look a certain type of way who feel like am I only getting this role because I can do this or am I only good enough for this role and not enough to fit in a real drama or comedy am I not enough for your Oscars And this is changing I I want to acknowledge that that this Issue is growing with actors like Steve Yoon. And, you know, I'm going to shout out my own boy, Brandon Suhu, who's doing incredible, incredible work. And it could be so powerful to see more of us in these roles. It's wild. I still remember being a kid and my dad telling me straight up how difficult life is going to be, how difficult it was for him to get a job as an immigrant as Filipinos you do not see us in these phd dean of a university type roles you don't see us in the ceo of a hospital type role we're always just the workers and there's multiple barriers to all of this from finances to education to just culture mindset and skill set mentality which we will do an episode on. But I'm telling you, a lot of it comes from not seeing somebody who represents us doing it. Not seeing that there's a framework for this. Professor and psychologist Dr. Tama O'Brien Davis says, Without representation, there's no signal of the possibility of advancement. We need role models who can show us how to get out of the stereotypes, stigmas, and oppression in order to advance. And here we are, now in 2021. We've had a hell of a year. And we're entering a time where institutions are trying to value diversity and local business. Whether it's authentic or more of a performance, I I don't know. But I know my people in my community who are brilliant, putting hours of work in, and yet they still feel like they're only hired because their company needs to show color or gender even though you've put in that same amount of experience and work into getting there. And maybe, maybe you don't have the same degrees as everyone else around you, bachelors, masters, PhDs. Maybe you didn't even finish CC, but you still got there in that place because you did some work that was notable. You presented yourself as somebody who deserved to be there, despite Not having those same resources, not having that same interest in academics, you still got there in that place. And I'm going to keep it 100 that academic elitism really doesn't matter. We use these degrees to uplift and help the people around us and the people that we want to help, including ourselves. Not to belittle other people. Take it from an Ivy League cap, bro. The only reason I'd ever flex my degree is if I'm trying to uplift and tell somebody else that they belong in this space. That they are capable of doing it even if they grew up in a neighborhood that told them that they can't get out. Like, don't trip off these condescending nerds. They can catch a full ride scholarship to these hands if they want to, but, you know, it's not worth the energy or the time. You, yourself, and what you put in is worth the energy. And yet, here we are. Even though the opportunities are opening up, we're still collectively tearing ourselves down, tearing each other down. We can't win this way. We have to change this mentality. And a lot of changing this will change by addressing it in ourselves. Let's just start with debunking imposter syndrome. So this isn't exactly a DSM-5 defined disorder. Uh, the DSM-5 is pretty much the playbook or guidelines of all the diagnoses in psychiatry. Uh, it's mainly used in classrooms, in schools. It's used as a tool for billing and insurance, though there are many critics of it who say it is not scientific and it's mainly used for insurance purposes. Anyways, the fact of the matter is, even though it's not a fine disorder, of people will experience this in their lifetime. No matter what background you come from, it's a lot of people. That tells you that this is very human. So to all my friends out there building their brand, know that you are not alone and that you got to keep building. I believe there are two parts of overcoming this. Identifying the inner work and creating action. So let's talk about identifying the inner work. We, as humans, carry the toxic environments we experience in our upbringing. This is a response to growing up in childhood trauma or constant criticism or bullying or any of the disparities I named earlier related to gender, income class, race, disability, occupation, and other social stereotypes. And so even if we left those settings, or even if we repaired relationships and have gotten to a better place than where we were before, the feeling of that experience has already been memorized, and we continue to perform as if the maltreatment is still there. We are constantly performing for an inner theater, yearning for an approval that no level of achievement will satisfy. We continue to feel like we're inadequate and that we need to keep doing more. And from this point right here, I'm telling you, we must identify this and call it out. And sometimes we have to ask for help. Vulnerability might feel like a weakness, but it's not. (laughs) You know, I'm from the Bay Area where we really support our own, but I know how we get sometimes. You really think I need some help? You big tripping. Just pass me a henny and a wood and I'll be good, you feel me? (laughs) I'm telling you, it's okay to reach out for help. It doesn't make you an imposter to ask for it. And it's important to establish a community of supportive mentors and peers to share honest concerns and feedback with. Many successful mentors will agree that they battle the same thoughts And I say this often, man. I say this often. but therapy, if if it's accessible, is such a healthy outlet to discover and dig out this inner choir of voices. We can't keep distracting ourselves with these ideas. It's time to reframe your narrative. My friend, you have talent. You are capable. And you belong. Aye, aye, aye. I get it. My inner child's being addressed. Now, what do I actually do when I feel stuck in that moment? Well, let's create action. Let's dissect the feelings in that moment so that we can move forward. Write these notes down so that you have something to address when you do feel in these moments of self-sabotage or unworthiness or just feeling stuck. So first call it out. What exactly do you feel unqualified to do? Say it out loud, write it down, just identify what it is. And then identify, well, will I lose out on something if I choose not to do this opportunity? And then will my community lose out on something? Will my friends and my family lose out on something? Let's say whatever you're building, it can help a ton of people or it can inspire younger generations to be someone who looks like you and be able to create something in that field or it can just help create a better livelihood for your family you feel me now now that we've done that let's identify what exactly do you feel like you can do you're in this field for a reason you've done Whatever experience you needed to get here. And now, why are you passionate about this? Why are you interested in doing this? It's because you're qualified to do something in it. You are qualified. Now, so, say what you're qualified to do. And now, isolate the parts that you actually aren't trained in or experienced in yet. Once you isolate and identify this, you'll gain clarity on what you feel like a fraud about, and you'll see that list isn't that long. And then let's go ahead and find out how to learn those tasks. Remember when I said reaching out for help is good? Well, this is a good time to reach out. Not for the inner work exactly, but for actually making the outer work happen. Who do I know in my life that can? do this design for me that can make this song for me that can help me with this medical issue that i'm having who can help me identify how to market this advertise this better who can help me use this website who can help me show how to make this product or make this type of dish but let's say you don't have that community well i know there's a lot of social anxiety involved but if you can Try to slowly reach into Google, into LinkedIn, into social networks, into asking a friend to slowly connect you with a friend. And from there, we build connections and we're able to manifest being in support with other people in your community. And so when you do start to learn a task, put a deadline on learning something. It's not going to be perfect or beautiful, but you're going to see something manifest. And then see, how can I practice this? How can I? Should I run it with my friends? Should I maybe? I'll make one, two podcast episodes and then I will share it with some friends and see what they think. I have a friend who is working on a nail business, and we actually have an agreement that if she can't manifest this amount of followers, then she owes me this amount of money I know there's a lot of fitness gyms who do something like that as well and you know I'm going to support her through that whole process so that she can really build that in addition to asking for help from just peers we got to ask for mentors and mentors love to share their knowledge when you when you tell them like oh man you're like an expert on this like I want to know more about you and how you got there rather than like how you can help me And just asking for tips on everything, you know, if you propel them, then experts love to be able to share and support by talking about themselves or talking about the thing that they love. And they'll let you know also that they most likely have been through this whole feeling of imposter syndrome. Them, and remember when I said, again, gathering peers, gathering community. You got to make a group, make a group of people who can hit each other up and stay accountable, who are like-minded and who want to create something in the community the same way that you do. And when you give each other advice, when you support each other, remember to listen to your own advice, (laughs) you know, like write it down, do it, don't question it, just do it because we disregard our own advice way too often. And another point is, take a moment to reflect on all the affirmations that you may have ignored from loved ones about you and your work. You got to hold it and embrace it. We tend to overfocus on the negatives when we feel imposter syndrome. We tend to highlight only the supposed failures, the supposed lack of qualification. Because your mind's going to constantly keep, like I said, having that inner choir of voices, minimizing all the good things that you are, are capable of. And just keep trying. Just keep trying. Send your work out. Put your work out there. Have your friends talk to you about it. Have your peers and have your mentors. And they'll tell you that you are so qualified to be in this field. All right. But let's say after everything that you've tried. Whatever therapy you've done, whatever inner work you've done, all this that you've written out, let's say you still keep feeling like you're not good enough for this. Well, this is a later technique, but try this. It's called the acceptance paradox. It's a form of cognitive behavioral therapy that David Burns writes about. Instead of constantly battling our defections, why not just accept the part of us that are defective and accept that we are lucky to be because we're not perfect? It's so much better to actually be a wounded healer or to be someone who who came from the bottom and now they're at the top, you know, that corny line. Or the whole Michael Jordan legacy in which he embraces so much of his failures where he wasn't the greatest throughout grade school, but now he is the greatest of all time, (laughs) you know? Because when we accept in a healthy way, we do the opposite of all this negative thinking, of all this self-sabotage and perfectionism. See, healthy acceptance, instead, it it protects your self-worth, it increases your motivation, and it nurtures that there is room for growth. And it helps us understand that we are all still on this journey of understanding, of developing, of building ourselves, and building each other. So my friends, imposter syndrome is such a human feeling. And you are absolutely not alone in dealing with it. If you ever need somebody, I'm here and you can reach out to me. I can be one of the people who yell at you and tell you that you are tripping. And then you can be one of those people for me as well. My friend, my family, you proved you are on track with overcoming this whole imposter syndrome. The moment you identified it and you decided to reach out and, and listen to this, my friend, you have talent, you are capable, and you belong. And if there's anything that you feel lacking about we're right there with you and we can grow together we will grow together it's a marathon and we all just gotta keep moving forward so thank you for tuning in everybody and remember you are loved you are worthy and you belong in this space Once again, remember to always be putting on for your friends and family and community members who are starting their own businesses and brands. So today we are shouting out Oakland local Hella Bagels, led by the hyphy Hebrew himself. Pop-ups every Sunday at the Hidden Cafe from 9 to 12. You can also order opening Sundays at noon. Trust me, they go out fast. So tap in at hella bagels on Instagram or at hella-bagels.com. And if you want to contact me for anything, tap in with me at your mind, your narrative at IG and your mind, your narrative at Gmail. All right, peace out, everybody.